Want to support Not Straight Cast? Visit the notstraightcast.com slash store where you can get a Not Straight Cast t-shirt, hat, bag, coffee mug, and much, much more. Along with getting some snazzy merchandise, your purchase in the notstraightcast.com forward slash store also helps support the show. Once again, that's notstraightcast.com forward slash store. that gives you views and news from a not-straight perspective. This is Not Straight Cast 23 for August 13th, 2021. Welcome to Not Straight Cast. I'm Joe Cronach. And I'm just biding my time until my new car gets here tomorrow. How are you doing today, Jason Bailey? <laughs> I'm good. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah. So I, you're getting uh, a new car finally. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm very, very excited. I haven't actually had a car for seven years. Yeah. And the last car that I had was with my boyfriend at the time, I and we, we shared it. What kind of car did you have? Uh, Nissan Sentra. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, we both worked. So I couldn't just be like, hey, I'm taking this car and going to visit my family. Goodbye. You know, we we would have to negotiate around each other's schedules. Yeah. For some reason, like the last few people I've dated have not had cars. And it's like, literally, I feel yeah. like, <laughs> you know, that's yeah. like one of my requirements now, I think, in regards there with uh, dating somebody now. You have to own a car. Well, after that relationship ended, I, I was in the middle of a city and I worked in the middle of the city and I didn't really need to travel. So I figured, you know what? Screw it. I I don't need the expense of the insurance and the car payments. I'll just take a bus to work or or walk. Everything was within walking distance mostly, but over the pandemic, I got so cooped up that I just became obsessed with the thought of getting a car and the freedoms that I could have if I got a car, like going to visit my family who lives two hours away or driving out to one of the camps just for the day. Or, you know, I think for somebody like you, I think it was time for you to get a car, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And so I've always been obsessed with the Kia Soul, as as you know, because I tell everybody I I worked for a company a long time ago that rented cars uh, and, for and me. And you drove that car and you loved it. And... Yeah. And uh, I tried all different kinds of cars, but when I got the Kia Soul, I just, I loved it. And I decided that the next car that I buy is going to be a Kia Soul. And that's, that's exactly what I did. So I guess while we're listening, like whoever is out there listening to this podcast on Friday here, we'll uh, see that uh, <laughs> you drive it around in your new uh, Kia Soul. Oh Yeah. You or know, your, or your slightly used Kia Soul. It's a 2019, yes. so that's pretty good. You know, time yeah. there. It's what's only two years old, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's it's it looks fantastic. Uh, barely has any imperfections on the outside, despite it being a used vehicle. That's good. Yeah, yeah. It's it's wonderful. So tomorrow I've got uh, 
uh, a meeting uh, at 12.30, and then the car arrives at 1.30, the first thing I'm going to do is apply for a parking permit online because I don't want to start getting tickets real quick, you know? Right. <laughs> and then I don't know what I'm going to do with the rest of my day. I might just go visit my family or I might just drive out to camp and go swimming for a couple of hours. I just, I might go crazy right off the bat with this and just really take advantage of the new freedoms that I have. Next week, Jason's in a car accident. <laughs> I'm driving <laughs> hundreds of miles. <laughs> Don't say that. I'm no, actually no, no. a phenomenal driver. No, it's kind of like thinking, uh, oh, I'm so close to having a bingo when I'm playing bingo. And then I know, say it out right? loud, and then you don't ever get bingo. Yeah, exactly. You stay quiet like about it. Five or six numbers in a row, they're all lining straight up. And then I'm only yeah. one number away. You'll never yeah. get that next number. That's exactly right. Speaking of bingo, yeah. I know that P-Town has been doing some bingos, and uh, I think I'd like to come to one of them soon because I really enjoy bingo itself. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm i getting to the age now where uh, things like that excite me more. You know, the only thing that's kind of worrying me now is, is that, you know, with uh, coronavirus, it seems like we're getting wave number two here, the Delta variant and the Delta plus variant. Yeah, as a matter of fact. So the gay fact, group in Pittsburgh is now infecting us. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't even exist anymore. The Delta <laughs> Foundation is infecting us here in Pittsburgh. I, I know, right? <laughs> uh, they had to name it the Delta variant right as is, soon as we is finally that the first got thing rid you of thought Delta. Of whenever... that is a, yeah, that's exactly the first thing that I thought of. <laughs> for those of you listening that are not from Pittsburgh, we had an organization, a very large organization for a number of years called the Delta Foundation. And they are the foundation that would put on the large pride celebration and, and things like that. But it seemed over time that they were more self-serving, particularly the, uh, the head of the Delta foundation, Gary Van Horn. I, and anyway, it was just this, this big long thing. Everybody hated the Delta foundation and they finally just disbanded and have been gone for like a year. And now we get the Delta variant of uh, the (laughs) coronavirus. And that's, I'm sure the first thing that comes into mind as soon as everybody in Pittsburgh hears that is the Delta Foundation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, oh, man, it's crazy. Well, the thing that worries crazy. me is, is that I'll be honest, I have a few friends who are not vaccinated. And I'm starting to get yeah. a little more pissed at them now that they're not vaccinated because it's just kind of frustrating. You know, it's like, yeah. dude, you're really, you know, kind of uh, playing with fire here. You know, right. Well, and I know who you're talking about as well. We don't necessarily oh, there's have multiple people now. I mean, one of yeah. them actually had. See, here's the interesting thing about it. Both of them think they both actually. Well, actually, one knows that they had it. The other one thinks they had it. Oh, wow. In January. So. So that's before things kind of became, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's a good question here is the I mean, like their you know, their beliefs are, well, we had it. So. Right. We're protected. And, you know, I'm kind of like, still, though, I mean, you know, and they even one said to me, oh, I think it's a whole entire big conspiracy now. I'm not getting the vaccination. Oh, Jesus. I mean, these and people yet not read history. These people not, you know, right. see in the past that vaccines have literally saved lives, you know. Right. That's why well, we don't have polio and measles. Yeah. Of course, these probably be the most likely two people to get more. Uh, polio and measles nowadays but anyways yeah probably well not only that but 
uh, not only are they not getting vaccinated, but they're going out to crowded bars where it's like standing, like barely any standing room. At least they're both pretty. That's all I was just saying. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, uh, well, oh, as man. this gets worse, so unvaccinated people are, and it, literally, this isn't my opinion, uh, unvaccinated people are causing these new mandates to be put into effect. Uh, for instance, in Philadelphia, they have implemented a mandate that says uh, either businesses have to require masks indoors or proof of vaccination. And that mandate hasn't been set on our county yet. Uh, oh, it's or coming our city. We're, we're next, you know. Right. But I just went to the grocery store today right across uh, from my place. Mm-hmm. And there was a new sign up that they had just put up saying, hey, we're back to masks. Everybody put your masks on. I think it's not quite as strict as it was before. It's pretty much like if, especially if you're unvaccinated or they're strongly recommended. Yeah. But there's actually no actual mandate yet, but I'll be honest. I mean, I like two weeks ago went and bought more masks just thinking, Hmm, this may be a problem again, better safe than sorry. I'll spend the 10 bucks and get myself a bunch of masks before people start making a run on masks again. Absolutely. Well, if people would uh, just go out and get vaccinated, then these mandates wouldn't be happening. And that's kind of like, that's why do you guys infringe on our personal freedoms? But, you know, I choose to do what I want to do with my body and, you know, screw yeah. everybody else. It's like, well, the problem is, is that you're making life tough for the rest of us, you know? Yeah. Because you think everything out there is a, a freaking conspiracy theory. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, yeah. It's ridiculous. And it does frustrate me because I, I got vaccinated a huge weight was lifted off my shoulders mm-hmm. and I felt wonderful and free again, being able to go to the grocery store without putting a mask on, being able to walk down the street without putting a mask on, being able to go into Starbucks to grab my coffee without putting a mask on. But now all of these places are going back to masks. And the reason is because people aren't getting vaccinated. Well, here's the thing, though, is that I'm not really concerned about myself. I'll wear the mask, you know. I'm already yeah. vaccinated. I'm probably in pretty good shape. Even if I was to get this here, I probably won't die, you know. Yeah. I'm more worried about them, which is why it's frustrating to me, you know. Yeah. Because, you know, you care about them. It's kind of like, you know, you want them to stay healthy. You don't want them to die. But it's, I feel like they're playing with a little too much fire there, you know. I care about them. But I'm frustrated with them yeah. because I liked not wearing a mask and I don't want to go back to wearing a mask just because they refuse to get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So it's it's frustrating to me. Just do me a favor, though, Jason. Yeah. Um, if you're in the car by yourself, don't wear the mask. Yeah, I don't <laughs> intend to do that. I'm not going to be one of those people. <laughs> I see that all the time. I'm kind of like, what are you protecting yourself from? Yourself? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm, the the Delta variant the Delta variant is more airborne now, so it's yeah, you know, it's a little bit less dumb to wear a mask when you're by yourself in the car if you have the windows down and stuff like that. Uh, well, it just, I mean, it's kind of like might as well just be walking outside wearing a mask, you know? Yeah, might as well be wearing a mask sitting in your house, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's just kind of like at some points, you know, might well might as well wear the mask while you're sleeping as well, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I get and what you're then swallow the mask and die. You know, <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't seen that yet. Oh my god! 
Um, so, but anyways, yeah, um, going back to your car for a second. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You had a fun time trying to get insurance for your car, didn't you? Yeah, so. Because we had, we had a conversation a while back about this, and it's like, okay, so apparently you have to get the insurance before you get the car, because the car dealership won't sell you a car without insurance. Yeah, it was so weird. But, so yeah, go ahead. I ordered this car on Carvana, which I recommend Carvana. This is definitely not a slam against Carvana. No, uh, it's just so, a matter of car buying in general. Yeah, so they send me uh, an email uh, and a text saying, hey, here are a couple of things that we need from you before we ship this car out. And it was just sort of like verifying employment and pretty standard stuff. But they also wanted uh, uh, wanted me to have my insurance policy ready before the car was delivered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... I had already gotten quotes from a bunch of places. I decided that uh, I wanted to go through Progressive because they offered a pretty, pretty fantastic yeah. rate. So I sign up on their website and they say, okay, we just need to look over a couple of things and then we'll keep an eye out for an email, you know? So they send me an email and they need a little bit more information about this, that, and the other thing, which was fine. Uh-huh. But one of the things was they wanted the car's registration. I was like, well, I can't Mm -hmm. get the car's registration until I have the insurance. I can't get the insurance until I have the (laughs) car's registration. So I send them an email explaining, answering their other questions and explaining the part about the insurance. And I send it off. Yeah. And they respond with the exact same email, it was like a copy and paste, but just with the other items removed. And now it just talked about how they needed the insurance or the uh, registration stuff. So I, I spent literally an entire day on the phone with between the insurance company and Carvana. And the Carvana representative said, look, I've never seen anything like this, like ever. Just try a different company. I was like, okay. So I went to Liberty Mutual, which had like the next best rate. And they were just like, okay, please give us $60 today. And so I put <laughs> in my bank account information. They're like, cool, here's your insurance cards. Bye. <laughs> We've seen that. <laughs> yeah. you know, the the, the uh, Liberty Mutual Insurance. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to buy a car and don't have insurance. We've seen that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But, see, uh, I, I, I never had that problem because, and I'm not sure how much of a gift this was looking back on it now. Mm-hmm. I think it was more like kind of like pawn it off on somebody else for my graduation gift back in 1995 when I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. My dad bought a new car and gave me his old car. Okay. Oh, nice. Want to take a guess as to what the old car was? So keep in mind, this is 1995. Okay. So it was a 1978 Buick. You're not that far off. It was a Chevy <laughs> product. Okay. But it was an, it, it was an 80s car. It was an 84. Okay. Chevy Blank. Nova? You're very close. What replaced the Nova? Oh, I don't know. The Chevrolet Citation. That's right. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Yeah, that was my first car. It was brown. Okay. And you know, like most Chevy Citations were hatchbacks. Mm-hmm. Mine wasn't. Mine was a two-door notchback, basically a coupe. Oh, wow. The car was brown and <laughs> like a light brown <laughs> color, you know. Yeah. Um, had monogramming on the doors because apparently we had bought this off my uh, aunt Boots. So we called the car the Bootsmobile. Okay. <laughs> so, and uh, 
I kind of realized very quickly why my dad gave me the car and bought a new car or a, an, another car. Yeah. Because um, it bought like a Cutlass Supreme or something, which had its own issues, but we won't go into that. <laughs> so probably about six months after I had the car and I parked it on my flat street, I got out of the car. The car started rolling backwards down the street. Oh, my God. Yeah. So like the parking pin or latch or whatever they call it, the paw actually is what it's called. I guess mm-hmm. it broken. And so the only way I can keep the car steady and park is if I put on the emergency brake, kind of like a manual. Yeah. Transmission there. <laughs> it's just like, oh, lovely. And it just happened. I happened to work at a small amusement park at the time. And our parking lot was basically kind of like a grass field. But being Western Pennsylvania, it wasn't exactly flat. And um, so I would always make sure to park the car in front of a tree. Mm-hmm. So in case my emergency brake gave out and <laughs> the car started rolling forward. Oh my god, tree. imagine having imagine having to worry about that. <laughs> well, I mean, I was Damn. 18, 19 at the time, and then you know, eventually the car started smoking whenever I was driving it there. Like it's like start smoke be pouring out of the back of the car. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I'm driving down the road, you know, and shit ton of smoke you know, just billowing wow. out the back of the car. So Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, it was just kind of like I'm surprised I'd never gotten pulled over for that. But, yeah. you know, they probably saw what I was driving. They just probably felt sorry for me. And it's like, yeah, he probably can't afford a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, cars have come a long way, I tell you what, you know. Because I, I, I eventually ended that. up junking that car, and that's when I moved to Florida for about two years. And then I moved back, and then I had to buy a new car. Yeah. And at that point, I'm like 22, you know. Yeah. So I got myself my first new car, which was a Kia Sophia. Ooh. Which was like Kia's like first really entry into the car frame there. And yeah, I had it for nine years, actually. I had oh, wow. I, I had only 60,000 miles on it by the time I traded it and it wasn't worth really anything. And I, you know, but it was like my car lasted, you know, it worked fine. I had That's one, awesome. I had only one really major problem with it. It was I had like some chip inside the car go after, you know, seven years or so. Yeah. Which cost a little bit of a pretty penny to get fixed. But I mean. That's really the only issue I had. That's awesome. That's when back, you know, the cars were $10,000 brand new, you know. You could actually <laughs> buy a car for that much. Now it's like double or almost triple that much. Yeah. I remember I, a long, long time ago, I wanted to get the the, the Prius. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, back when that was like first a thing yeah. and you looked like you were a good person if you had one. Uh, and they brand <laughs> brand new, they were like, you know, 13 14,000. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's crazy. And now they're just ridiculously priced. They are ridiculously priced. Well, luckily I got a fairly decent rate uh and I got a long-term loan. So I'll be driving this car for a number of years, but it's going to be worth it because I am so excited about this vehicle. Well, you want know here's the th- other thing there too. Um, you know, you can always refinance cars and stuff, you know. You oh break, yeah. Break get offers to do that. Probably. And I did that with my uh, most recent car that I have, still have. It's been long since paid off. So, Oh, nice. I mean, which is basically a Toyota car. You know, I can pretty much, you know, it's a Scion XB. I can pretty much drive that thing into the ground, you know? Yeah. Well, I what, mean, I'd, what and, I'd like And you've been in my do. car, it drives fine, you know? Yeah. I, I just look forward to paying it off as quickly as possible so that I can have it as an asset. Uh, <laughs> you know, That's like one of the worst assets to have, though. 
they 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 depreciate in value, right? So much. But and then by the time you're done paying it off, it'll be only worth a few thousand dollars. So that's true. But that's a few a few thousand dollars towards a new vehicle with like a lower rates or you know something like that. Or you know you'll just enjoy having a paid off car. You know, just take care of it. That's all. You know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you live right by a car wash too, so that's not going to be too difficult. That's true. Yeah, so just make sure you wash it because that's probably one of the few things I did with my I didn't do with my car. You know, is wash it? Wash it enough. Yeah, I still do wash it. You know, but uh, I don't think I wash it nearly enough. Yeah. Well, what I was thinking about doing is I have that really big parking lot right next to my house. Yes. I was going to get the hose and like a soapy water bucket with a sponge and just go mm-hmm. out there in a bikini. There you go. And just hand <laughs> hand wash it. Fancy. <laughs> all the all the neighbors can can just watch. Uh, throw up. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them probably would. Badass. Them... Bad <laughs> <laughs> no uh, so speaking of of not anything, I don't have a transition. I, I, I know where you're going now. That's the funny part. Yeah, I know. Right. So uh, I want to get into a discussion about the different uh, like gay dating apps and things like that. For about ever, we've had for seemingly for about ever, we've had, uh, you know, Grinder and Scruff. And back in the day, it was like, what was it? Manhunt. Yes. I, and, I was wondering if you remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It started out with like the Yahoo chat rooms and then it was gay.com and then it was manhunt. Uh, now we have Hornet, Jack, Scruff, uh, Adam for Adam, BBRT, Grinder, Growler, all that stuff. Uh, a couple of years ago, there was a new one that popped up. Uh, it's not necessarily an app. It's just sniffies.com. It's a website. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it works really well on your phone's browser and it's basically map based. So instead of seeing a grid of pictures, you're looking at a map and it shows you the location of the people. I, and it's mostly a hookup app, definitely not a dating app because the majority of the profile pictures are either blank or dicks, you know? Yes. I've uh, noticed that I'm on it right now because you can literally log into it anonymously. Yeah. Uh, But the thing that I like about it is that there are like cruising spots that you can check in, including the club that I work for, Club Pittsburgh. Ah. So people can say, hey, I'm at Club Pittsburgh or I'll be at Club Pittsburgh in 20 minutes. And even further than that, there's a little chat where people can just chat about Club Pittsburgh, like, hey, I'm there now in room 305 or, you know, whatever. And I like that because none of the other apps have that ability to interact with businesses. For instance, a couple of years ago, I used the Club Pittsburgh email to sign up for a Grinder account and made a Club Pittsburgh Grinder account. Mm-hmm. The purpose of it was just for people to be able to ask questions to our business. And I put that Grinder account on the iPad that the employees use. Okay. So whichever employee was on duty, they could log into Grinder and answer people's questions about the club. Mm-hmm. Well, that lasted about four months, and then Grinder deleted our profile. Aww. And it's like, man, we're just a business trying to facilitate the hookups, <laughs> you know, that are taking place on your app. 
but so anyway, the other the other apps aren't necessarily good for business interaction. Well, Jason, uh, they wanted you to pay for uh, Grinder for business. Yeah, if you know? if that were if that were a thing, but it's not. Mm-hmm. We would probably pay for Grinder for business if it existed. Remember, remember, um, remember when Microsoft was going to buy TikTok when Trump yeah. was president and everything. Yeah, you know, TikTok for business. You know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, that would be like, like nobody needs that, you know. Right. But uh, so that's why I like Sniffies because it offers people the ability to interact with with each other in regards to our business. But so you said you were checking it out, uh, checking it out. How do you feel about it and or just the gay apps in general? Do you use Grinder or Scruff or any of them? My favorite is Scruff. Just is it? feature wise, price wise, and everything there. Yeah, I think it offers a lot for the money. Well, what uh, what kind of features are you looking for that you like in Scruff? Um, you know, basically, you know, the whole entire you know the private album thing, which I don't think you have in Grinder. Um, the price yeah. of it, which isn't outrageous, like Grinders, I think they're extra and unlimited packages are a little bit too much. I think for what you I, get, I agree, and it's like a shockingly high price. Exactly. Um, I just think scruff, like, because I'm kind of a little bit of a, like a cross between an otter and a bear. Yeah. You know, body wise, I don't think I'm yeah. big enough to be a bear and I'm not skinny enough to be an otter and I'm not really a cub. So I think I'm too old <laughs> to be a cub. Yeah. I, I, I don't know where I way. like guy next door, I guess would be the best way to yeah classify my me, you know, I've always never quite fit in with anything. <laughs> gotcha <laughs> well anyways um so i went ahead there and you know i i mean like scruff seems to have the most quality guys because i feel like grinders a little bit you know grinders kind of become a little bit the you know the bargain basement yeah it Don't feels that, that way to me know? too yeah, yeah. It just it feels like it's been a race towards the bottom in regards there with the quality of people there it seems to also be where all of the chem sex party people are yes I, I i mean i'm granted i'm still on grinder but it's more or less kind of like it's like i'm using it for reference now yeah <laughs> yeah um i admit for one time i was on bbrt more out of curiosity than actually wanting to hook up with people which i'm oh, honestly yeah. not really much of a hookup person anytime i've ever actually hooked up with anybody i've never really actually enjoyed it that much I'd rather know the person a little bit. I'm a little more in sense demisexual in regards yeah. to, or at least I have, I had to have some type of connection with them Yeah, mentally, you know, for me to be attracted to them there. I just can't invite somebody over randomly. Right. And, you know, I just don't trust people anymore either. You know, you know, personally what I've been through over the past, you know, few months. And it's just kind of like my trust in people right now is kind of a little bit blown. Oh Yeah. And even before that, I, you know, wasn't really trustful of people in regards there with, you know, inviting them over, not really knowing them. Right. And it's just only become worse as time's gone on. I think maybe just because I'm older now, you know? Yeah. I think there's a little more on the line, you know? I don't think I'm as carefree as I used to be. Right. It's unfortunate, you know, because I wish I was. And And I'm kind of jealous of people who are still and can do that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I get it. I actually, I'm on 
all of the apps, mostly because of uh, promoting the club. Yeah. I mean, you kind of uh, a business reason, you know, your business yeah. is, sucks, you know, but I also, uh, I also enjoy just getting on to look and see who's around. Uh, like maybe like who does my roommate have up in his room right now? Cause I can hear them banging. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it's usually a blank profile, right? <laughs> no, no, it's usually not. And they're 50. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I like seeing the messages that people send me. I like getting the the unsolicited pictures, just fun to look at. But I very rarely actually respond to anybody that messages me. I'm just I just get on to look around and look at my messages and then log back off. And if it doesn't pertain to the club, I generally don't respond. And I generally don't have random anonymous hookups over here. Now, when I went camping, I got on Grinder towards the end of the night. I was getting ready to go to sleep in the pop-up camper, and I the was hot dog bored. stand. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> uh, well, no, no, no. This was at Circle JJ. Oh, okay. And there was somebody. Uh, uh, what was that? The yelling booth, or yeah, <laughs> there was there was somebody nearby, and he was just adorable. And he's like, "Hey, do you want to want to hang out for a couple minutes?" And I was like, "Yeah." And that's because it was convenient. He was like, like 20 yards away. And we would just, we were just going to sit out in front of the camper in public. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so that was a little bit of a different situation. That's, that's a little different, you know, cause you're in an area there where you're meeting people. And uh, like the problem I have usually is, is at those campsites. Mm-hmm. There's usually no cell service. The app oh, doesn't yeah. work very well, you know? Gotcha. So, well, I, I, so, so I go old fashioned and, you know, just try to meet yeah. people by talking to them. <laughs> yeah. At Circle JJ, they have okay cell service. And mm-hmm. at Camp Davis, they don't, but they have okay Wi Fi. It just so happens that when you and I went to Camp Davis, the Wi Fi was down because somebody had run over one of the cables or something like that. Lovely. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> A couple of times. In some of our earlier episodes, uh, and maybe even some of the more recent ones, we've gone over different stories about uh, different like comic book characters that were uh, that were created just for Pride Month, yeah, and stuff like that. And I've always sort of had the opinion, like different companies changing their logos for Pride Month and this, that, and the other thing. And I've always sort of had the opinion that it's a little frustrating that they only do it for pride month. And it seems like it could be just a cash grab to get money from the gays and stuff like that. Well, recently something has happened that is the exact opposite of that. And I really like it. I Robin as in Batman and Robin. Mm -hmm. I, after 30 years, DC comics has now changed the Tim Drake Robin into an LGBTQ bisexual character. Uh, And that's in the newest uh, Batman Urban Legends number six, which just recently came out. And he is sort of like questioning his sexuality and has kind of like a half date with this guy named Bernard. And then at the end of the episode, uh, he goes and finds Bernard and asks him for another date so I thought that was cute. And uh, the Tim Drake Robin has had girlfriends in the past. So it still remains to be seen if he's going to be gay or if he's going to be bisexual and continue having 
female love interests in the DC comics. But I. So, so let me ask you nice. a question for somebody who's not really a comic book reader. Who is Bernard? Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I just, just a, a random current interest of Tim okay. Drake. It's not Batman then, huh? <laughs> oh yeah. No, no, no. Bernard is just a, just a random side character. Okay. So yeah, everybody's probably wondering when Batman and Robin are going to hook up, you know, but uh, well, that would be weird, but it's that, just, that, that would fulfill a lot of fantasies, I think. Well, some weird fantasies, but maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So it's just, it's nice that, you know, it's not pride month. Uh, there isn't, it doesn't feel like a giant cash grab for, for gay dollars during pride month doesn't seem like it's being done just to appease somebody or just to say look you know we're we're inclusive they're taking a character that's been around for 30 years and i uh, not creating a brand new character that they can just throw away whenever because they're not going to just throw away robin or at least oh, no. robin you know no but characters evolve people evolve you know yeah so, so i really I, I think that's probably a good first step for him there you know yeah I think it's I think it's wonderful. It's the exact opposite of everything that I bitched about before. <laughs> They're not doing it as a cash grab. It's just right. a natural evolution of the character. And I think yeah. that's that's not a bad thing to do at all, you know. Yeah. So. It's absolutely fantastic in yeah. my opinion. Well, I th- I think it's about time for a break, don't you? Yeah, let's uh, mention something here before we take a break. If you've noticed here, the first part of our show has gone on much longer than we normally do. So, um Yes. Yeah, we're trying something new here. Uh, we hope you like it. Uh, basically, what we're doing here is that we're going to be covering less news stories, you know, like straight up reading news stories here. The reason being is, is that it's depressing. And yeah, I'm so sick and tired of our show being depressing. We want this to be a little more uplifting. And so we're going to cover our stories still, but we're going to always cover them in the second half and talk about stuff that's going on in our own lives and also, you know, positive stuff in the first half or at least more interesting stuff and so we hope you like it there a little bit of a format change so anyways uh jason what's coming up next all right coming up next we've got 55 lgbtq athletes at the tokyo olympics who nabbed medals the lesbian bar project gets a boost from the hinge app and men who ejaculate 21 times a month are less likely to develop prostate cancer in our moment of conclusion as not straight cast continues after this Want to support Not Straight Cast? Visit the notstraightcast.com slash store where you can get a Not Straight Cast t-shirt, hat, bag, coffee mug, and much, much more. Along with getting some snazzy merchandise, your purchase in the notstraightcast.com forward slash store also helps support the show. Once again, that's notstraightcast.com forward slash store. Welcome back to Not Straight Cast. So, uh, one thing we wanted to mention here is, is that if you noticed, this episode came out on a Friday instead of Thursday. 
like we've done in the past. So going forward, all our new episodes will come out on Fridays instead of Thursdays. So that makes it a little easier for us here because uh, sometimes the rush trying to get a new episode out <laughs> becomes a bit of a struggle for us. Yeah. Plus, um, I work full-time. Jason works full-time. I'm in school full-time. So, you know, it's just basically... <laughs> Well, I mean, to find time to actually record the show. So, yeah, you when keep doing them. not only do you work full time, but you also do side projects uh, on top of the school. And on everything. Top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've started reaching the breaking point in regards there with trying to keep everything square and together and have a little bit of a personal life outside of trying to work, you know? Yeah. And uh, I've told the bar, I was like, I have to cut back a little bit on these events that I'm doing. <laughs> Just it's become too much because like literally, you know. I feel like it's never ending, you know, and it's just constant, you know, huge yeah, events. It's crazy. It's like we, we need to get somebody else in here to help me out, you know, because it's just like I'm going nuts, you know. Absolutely. And then on top of that, with uh, the demands of my new position and not really hitting like a set schedule kind of thing yet. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, we're constantly batting around when we're going to get this recorded. It's like we have to negotiate. Okay, yeah. I have like an hour available here, an hour available there. Yeah. Yeah. But um, anyways, yeah. So basically it gives us an extra day and, you know, that way we can record it early in the week, later on in the week, and it's all good yeah. no matter what. So that way you'll always have them on Fridays there. Right. Trust me, well, we've almost missed that Thursday deadline. Yeah. <laughs> multiple times now. Well, and not only that, but here pretty soon, uh, Joe's going to have to start spending a little bit more time editing, uh, editing the podcast because I'm going to start recording this from the Bluetooth in my car. Oh, lovely. (laughs) (laughs) I'm driving through a tunnel right now. (laughs) I may lose you. (laughs) In 1000 feet, turn left onto Liberty (laughs) Avenue. Jason, your thing's going off again. Mute it. And start listening you get like get angry and drive other drivers i'm so excited for this car i think that once i get it i'm just gonna live in it it's gonna there be you awesome. go <laughs> you'll but... be homeless in a year <laughs> living <laughs> on your car great yeah uh time right. to get so, into the news here you ready yeah let's do some news so the end has arrived for the 2020 tokyo summer games dubbed the Rainbow Olympics by some for the record number of LGBTQ competitors. At least 182 out athletes from about 30 countries attended the Tokyo Games, more than three times the number who competed in the 2016 Summer Games in Rio de Janeiro, according to the LGBTQ sports site called OutSports. At least 55 of those athletes who competed in 35 different sports won medals. Five nabbed gold for the team USA Women's Basketball alone. The 2020 Summer Games also saw the first out transgender Olympians, including Canada's Quinn, who won a gold medal for their country's women's soccer team. Quinn, a midfielder who uses they-them pronouns, helped the squad earn gold after a matchup with Sweden. Before coming out as trans, Quinn won a bronze medal with Team Canada at the 2016 Summer Games in Rio. There were also stories of activism off the playing field. U.S. shot putter Raven Saunders risked having her silver medal revoked 
after she raised her hands and crossed them in an X gesture as she stood on the podium. Saunders, a lesbian, said the symbol represented the intersection of where all people who are oppressed meet. International Olympic Committee regulations ban political statements or protests on the podium, but the organization suspended its investigation into Saunders' actions after she announced that her mother, Clarissa Saunders, had died. Joanna Hoffman, Communication Director for Athlete Ally, a nonprofit organization that advocates for inclusion in sports at all levels, said the historic number of out Olympians and Paralympians speaks to how far we've come in terms of inclusivity, visibility, and representation. So congratulations, all of them. I mean, like probably the most um, noticeable one, you know, Tom Daly. Uh, yeah. You see, apparently he's uh, taken up uh, knitting. So really? Knitting all those... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he, he, he was watching the swim finals and everything, sitting in the stands, knitting away. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. If you look online, you can see a bunch of things that he's knitted. He's like, actually, actually pretty damn good at it. And he has knitted nice. some swimsuits. So check those out. Yeah, I am. I'm, oh my God. So if you go to Google right now and type Tom Daly, the first suggested result is Tom Daly knitting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, moving on here, um, yeah. although bars across the country closed last year due to the impact of uh, the COVID lockdowns, queer and especially lesbian bars have been shuttering since our high point in the late 1980s when there was estimated to be about 200 bars in the country, 200 lesbian bars. Oh, wow. Specific. So while the growing acceptance of LGBTQ people may have reduced the need for queer spaces, the primary reason that queer and women-owned bars are forced to close revolve more around economics than disinterest in maintaining these critical social hubs. Discrimination that queer women, especially women of color, face absolutely plays a role, as does rising rents for commercial properties across the country. So in the midst of the pandemic, Leah Delaria from the show Orange is the New Black launched the Lesbian Bar Project, a grassroots fundraising turned documentary film project to support and celebrate the 21 lesbian bars that are still in existence. So now with the Lesbian Bar Project's latest fundraising campaign ending at the beginning of July, the dating app Hinge has stepped in to provide much-needed additional support while furthering its mission on creating an inclusive world where everyone can find love. So that fast-growing dating app in the U.S., U.K., Canada, and Australia, Hinge has become hugely popular and successful. This August, Hinge is committed to providing at least $50,000 and stimulus payments to the lesbian bars and is encouraging app users to visit the bars in person. Hinge is also committed to educate its U.S. users about the importance of LGBTQIA establishments and encourage them to donate to the Lesbian Bar Project by sending roses. So Hinge has worked with the Lesbian Bar Project to identify which bars need the most support, and the stimulus payments will be split equally among those clubs. The campaign also encourages LGBTQIA singles the visit one of the participating bars on the next date will offer on-site interactive experiences curated by Hinge. So Hinge, uh, they recently conducted a survey that uncovered the following. Uh, the majority, 81% of Hinge lesbian daters says it's important to have access to a lesbian bar in their local area. Mm. Almost half of Hinge lesbian daters prefer to go to a lesbian bar on a first date. And the top reason why Hinge lesbian daters prefer lesbian bars is because those bars make them feel more comfortable. And over half of Hinge lesbian daters are feeling anxious about dating right now, with 44% feeling more anxious now than before the pandemic. Oh, wow. 
Uh, 40% of hinge lesbian daters who feel anxious about dating are nervous about finding things to talk about with a date. So Hinge's partnership with the Lesbian Bar Project is its latest initiative in supporting LGBTQIA daters while fostering meaningful relationships, both virtually and in person. Earlier this summer, Hinge also introduced pronouns and sexual orientation descriptors in the app so that all users can fully show up as their authentic selves. That's awesome. I have a few things to say about this. Me too. I think there's a reason why lesbian bars don't survive. I agree. Yeah, why do you think, Jason? I'm just kind of curious. Because uh, there used to be a number of lesbian bars even in this area. But yes. people stopped People stopped going to them. There was no interest, and they all died out due to lack of interest in patronage. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, well, yeah, I mean, you want a lesbian bar? Make sure you go to a lesbian bar if there is a lesbian bar. Yeah. Because otherwise there would be no lesbian bar. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if the lesbians are complaining that, hey, we have to go to gay bars now. That's your own damn fault, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know whether, see, and here, here's the whole entire thing. I don't know whether it's lesbian culture. It just doesn't seem to be as much interest, you know, for obvious right. reasons. And it has showed. The fact there's only, what, 21 lesbian bars left the whole entire United States? Out of over 200. Yeah. Yeah. I know of two. Yeah. Lesbian bars in Pittsburgh that are no longer, well, one's not a lesbian or a gay bar anymore. Right. And the other one has ceased to exist for a number of years now. So Right. And both of those things happened because of the lack of interest and the lack of patronage. Everybody stopped going. These were places that haven't been around for a long time. And a lot of the lesbian bars, I'm assuming, that have closed have been closed for a while. So perhaps there is a new renewed interest that has happened over the last 10, 15 years since the majority of them probably closed. Uh, that perhaps a lesbian bar would do well again, as long as there aren't too many lesbian bars to overcrowd the market, you know, one lesbian bar per city. (laughs) (laughs) That is it. (laughs) That's all the population can sustain. So completely opposite of lesbianism. Joe, do you know what time it is? I don't. What time is it, Jason? It's time for the Not Straight Cast moment of Conclusion. Conclusion, huh? Conclusion. Uh, a study from Harvard and Boston universities found that men who ejaculate 21 times per month were a third less likely to develop prostate cancer. And this was published in the Journal of European Urology. Researchers pulled the data from 31,925 men who gave their average monthly number of ejaculations. The data comes from 1992 up until 2010. And they say, we evaluated whether ejaculation frequency throughout adulthood is related to prostate cancer risk in a large U.S.-based study. And we found that men reporting higher compared to lower ejaculatory frequency in adulthood were less likely to be subsequently diagnosed with prostate cancer. Ejaculating has been proven to help in other many ways as well. Fuck, why did I say many? All right, let's just... (laughs) For you, maybe, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Deep breath, Jason. Just read the damn sentence. (sighs) (laughs) Uh. (laughs) don't ejaculate while you're reading (laughs) all right let's do this again all right 
ejaculating has been proven to help in other ways as well. When done more often, ejaculation can lead to decreased stress according to men's health. It can also help with sleep. Other studies, however, have shown no connection between ejaculation and prostate cancer. Others have found an increased risk. After skin cancer, prostate cancer is the most common cancer among American men. In 2021, the American Cancer Society estimates that there will be over 200,000 new cases of prostate cancer. About 35,000 men will die from the disease. While prostate cancer is serious, most of those diagnosed with it don't die. According to the American Cancer Society, over 3.1 million people in the U.S. are living today who have had prostate cancer. Well, that's certainly good news, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Jerk off more, and according to one study, it'll help, and according to another, it'll hurt you. So just do whatever you want because it doesn't matter. You know, everything in moderation is my motto. Masturbate <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little does, bit, you know. Definitely does help with sleep, though. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that may explain uh, why I get sleepy in the middle of the day. But anyways, I think that is it for this episode. Yeah, let's go ahead and wrap it up. You can subscribe to us where all great podcasts are sold. Also, check out NotStraightCast.com, which has links to our previous shows, our Facebook, Reddit, and Twitter pages, our Discord server, the NotStraight.store, blogs, news, and more. If you like us, please leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. We want to thank you very much here for listening to NotStraightCast. And as always, until next time, have a Not Straight one. <laughs>